Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Welcome in, guys. Welcome in. It is Saturday. It is 6.01 p.m. Mountain Time, which means it's time for another episode of Mile High Insiders. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, on Saturday nights for Mile High Insiders, Luke Patterson. Luke, how are you doing, buddy? Happy Saturday to you. Hanging in there, man, fighting internet issues and everything like that. It's been a crazy week, right, in Broncos country. So we are here to get you through it. Obviously, going to touch on some of those sore subjects that Broncos country is going through and talk some Lions. I am ready to rock and roll. Yeah, it should be a good game for the Broncos. Obviously, everybody has a heavy heart with what's going on around the Broncos right now with the sudden passing of Demarius Thomas, who is – on the the doorstep of turning 20, 34 years old, gone way too soon. So obviously we'll get into that and we'll get into some lions as well. So that'll be good. We got some people in the house here. We got uh, Chris Gross coming in here saying RIP DT. He was a better man than a football player and he's a Hall of Famer. Says a lot. Yeah, that I think that's been the resounding sentiment amount around Demarius Thomas with his passing is that he is for as good as he is on the field. He was even more special off the field with his just energy, uh, personality. Quiet, shy, reserved, but man, a, a smile that would light up any room. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with it, honestly, Luke. I'll be honest with you. It's pretty, it's been pretty, uh, pretty tough. I keep like just space, spacing off and thinking like, how is this real? How did DT pass away so young? Yeah, it's been tough, Nick. And thanks, Chris, for uh, obviously that's the the Giants uh, thing at the forefront of our minds right now. It's a tragedy. Thirty three years young. Uh, DT, I know one thing that I thought about a lot and I said it on Twitter was I often criticize the player, but never the man. Um, you know, football's one thing and he was a hell of a football player and an all time great, if not the greatest to ever do it. Um, one of the greatest to ever do it, at least for the Broncos, but a future ring of famer. And you just look at the type of person DT was and the humanity that he represented and um, just the grace that he he lived his life with and knowing his story and his come up. I mean, it's just it's miraculous that we got to experience just a chapter of DT's life. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because They save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of Broncos tickets. Uh, Jay Kozad, who's always supporting us, says, I think the Broncos will put the boot to the Lions tomorrow. I hope so, Jay. No no excuse. Why not? I know that there's going to be a lot of distractions with everything going on surrounding the Broncos and Demarius Thomas, but uh, there's still a football game to be played and no better way to honor DT than to go out there and, you know, lay down the law on the Detroit Lions. Uh, we got Slide and Glide Bros coming in here saying Broncos got to be motivated to play for DT. For sure, we got Clayton's in the house. Good to see you. Mr. Greasy J saying, rest up, DT. Absolutely rest up, DT. Uh, 
Jamie coming in saying that the better Broncos better win for Demarius tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, we got Clayton also saying, Hey, Luke, Nick and Scott. Well, there goes Luke. Luke will be back in a sec guys. Um, Brian van, Brian van Voorst in the house saying RIP to number 88. Let's go get the win for DT. Sebastian's in the house and I'll be at the Broncos game tomorrow. Rest in peace to Marius Thomas. Yes, Sebastian, we're going to, you're gonna have to come back and report back to us to let us know how, how that is and how the pre-game ceremonies and just the mood there. It's probably going to be pretty, it's a weird place, right? It's going to be a weird place to be because it's historically football game, you know, have a few drinks, have some fun, let out some energy, maybe some primal instincts, but, and to escape reality, to, to escape the real world, to, to escape things such as people passing away. But, uh, you know, sometimes those worlds overlap and we're going to have one of those this week. So hopefully that provides some perspective, but hopefully people can still get a little bit of escapism with the game tomorrow. I know that I'm looking forward to that, even though I've been trying to get football as an escapism for me. And uh, it's been hard to escape everything going on with DT because, man, it's it's rough. Um, we got Clayton saying smash the like button too. Jerry talking about the game saying trap game with Teddy under center. It'd be a trap mm. game with pretty much anybody under center. But yeah, this is this is one that they're going to have to get. And uh Let's get into that. Do you th- do you think this is a trap game, Luke? I mean, obviously the Broncos are. I think for who uh, <laughs> for the Broncos. I guess <laughs> is it a trap um, game? You think it's tough, man, because then you're starting to get into the um, details as to whether or not Denver really should be a favorite. Of course, being at home, uh, you could argue that the Lions have should have won a few more games, but the end result is that they didn't. They've got one win and a tie. Uh, they've yeah. gone toe to toe with a few different teams, including the AFC North, with the exception of Cincinnati. And uh, I wouldn't look past Detroit just because uh, Denver's had some problems. They really have. But when you do look at the paper and we're going to look at the paper in terms of the injury report, you're going to look at players availability. You're going to look at their experience and then you're going to look at their talent. You should feel confident if you're a Broncos fan, uh, but it's going to be an emotional environment. We're talking about it already. Uh, Maybe some of that emotion gets this team to rally and unify. And they're not only talented, but they're motivated to play a really good game of football. And just like that, Luke, you're clear as heck. The picture is clear and you look great. Good to see you. Good to to really see you. There you go. The internet's working. God bless man. Uh, Travis coming with the stars. God bless you as well, Travis. Uh, good evening, Nick, Luke, and Broncos country. Let's win this for Bay Bay. RIP 88 wearing my Thomas jersey Ooh, tomorrow. He got yeah. 88 stars donated to Travis Weber, oh, man. Hats, hats off to you, man. Tip of the tip of the cap to you, sir. And Chris yeah. Hernandez coming in with 88 as well. Uh, Chris, what's up, man? I got to talk to Chris for just a second the other day. Chris, it's really good to see you. Chris and Travis, both huge members of Broncos country, just representing some of that 88 love, man. And I know you had a show on Tuesday and neither one of us have really gotten to talk about this. And um, it's it's tough and we got to get through this together, Broncos country. But if nothing else, tomorrow, it should be a very proud moment, even though it's sad and we're mourning Demarius. we have to celebrate his life and honor him the best way we can. So it's awesome to see Broncos country throwing so much support out here. Um, we, we've seen it on these shows the last few nights, and it's absolutely amazing, right? When you hear Demarius Thomas stories that have nothing to do with football, you see him holding kids, you see him uh, donating his time. He was, you know, notorious for being a great human being. How cool is that? Yeah, I mean, it really is. Like, too, you see pictures of him, and man, that smile, like the way. He- people around him were also lit up, especially kids around DT. I never had the pleasure of meeting him, but um, you know, it's not always the case where these football players are good people. You know, I think, uh, gosh, who was it? Charles Barkley. I am not a role model, but uh, DT was a role model and he could have been, it would have been easy for him and nobody would have really blamed him if he would have been bitter or, you know, had not had a good uh, outcome as far as his trajectory in life, uh, considering where he grew up, obviously his mother and his grandmother in uh, jail in Georgia there with the uh, getting arrested for making drugs and selling drugs. But I mean, very low socioeconomic status there. And then, you know, not having his mom around, not having his grandma around. And uh, man, he really, I just, I think about like, man, I've had it so easy in my life and I'm not like, you know, half the person or, you know, the heart that DT showed, and uh, I think that we should all strive to be to be better, to be kinder. And also, this is uh, just, you know, sorry, I'm rambling. It's just this is actually really you know made me have introspection. Um, I think that we need to do a better job as just society, but friends, people uh, giving people their flowers while they're alive. You know, like yeah. all this outpouring for DT, how great he is. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. And that's awesome to hear. But like, man, it's it would have been great for him to hear that when he was around, when he was alive. So people knew that. I mean, Shannon Sharp saying he didn't call. He knew that DT was struggling and didn't call him for two months after that. And now he never will get a chance. Like, 
make do today, you know, make hay today because the tomorrow is not a guarantee. Yeah. And the stories are making the rounds too. you know, Peyton Manning's final pass. He wanted that to be to DT. And, um, you know, that was revealed this last week. And that's obviously heartbreaking. Those medical issues that, uh, you know, you can read about. I don't want to report on medical issues here. I'd rather, you know, really talk about the things that matter, which are uh, every life that DT touched. And as a parent, I can tell you, um, you know, not everybody likes kids when you have a kid and you bring them around. And for a man that was not married and did not have kids to just have an energy and kids loved him and he loved them back. And that's something that's really special. You don't just see with anybody, let alone a handsome professional athlete, pro bowl, all pro wide receiver, super bowl winning wide receiver, Peyton Manning. I mean, you say it, the guy did it. Uh, the, I think about the shoulder that busted up shoulder against Seattle in the super bowl yeah. and just some of the heart that DT truly showed. And uh, I feel I feel guilty for not appreciating him the way I, I, I should have as a fan. And uh, I never got to really cover DT. I, I was more of a fan back then. But, man, I feel blessed to have watched 88. That's for sure, man. Yeah, and feeling blessed. Uh, Chris Fernandez is also coming in with 88 stars. And we got stars coming in here from Miguel Santa Steven as well. So uh, thanks so much, uh, thanks, Miguel, Miguel. Saying can't stay, fellas. Um, but uh, we'll see. Can't stay, fellas. Just wanted to show oh. some love. RIP DT. Thank you so much, Thank Miguel. Thank you, Miguel. Have a great night. Um, Chris also coming in here saying, I have an orange, blue, and white Thomas jersey. Man, that is awesome. Uh, plan to swap them out after each quarter, finishing <laughs> with my orange one for the second half. RIP Bebe went out for 88. Yeah, I'm, I typically oh, do not purchase many jerseys in my yeah. life, but uh, 88 is now number one on the well, list. I, I need to get a Thomas jersey. Chris is like my guy, Jimmy Butler, because I think I saw that floating around on social media today. Jimmy mm -hmm. Butler and Demarius Thomas were boys. And at one point years ago, uh, Jimmy Butler's like just watching a Broncos game and he was all by himself, but he had every one of DT's jerseys out on the couch next to him. And that was pretty cool. So Chris, appreciate you, man. Happy holidays. Um, that's cool. Share your favorite DT memory or moment as well. As we start talking about the lions and remember the life that was Demarius Thomas, Travis coming back in here, uh, getting us a little bit more focused on the game tomorrow. I mean, not to downplay it by any means, but we're going to talk Lions. We're going to talk DT. That's what we're doing tonight. Uh, yeah. Detroit is more depleted than Denver is with all the players being sick. There's no excuses for losing tomorrow. Travis, this is an excellent, excellent comment, an excellent take. Uh, Nick and I have been talking a little bit about this off the scenes. Uh, Travis and Nick, you guys know something Broncos country doesn't? Or is this just the news? This The sick of Detroit Lions, man. They're, they're, how many guys are going to be going? They got both their starting running backs down. Um, I, it's insane looking at the, from the Detroit Lions official website, how many players are in their injury report as of Friday. Um, Julian Aquara, Jalen Reeves Maimon, and DeAndre Swift out with injuries, not sickness, but injuries. G uh, Julian Aquara is an edge rusher, ankle injury. He's going to be out. Uh, Jalen Reeves Maimon, starting linebacker, shoulder injury going to be out. And DeAndre Swift, their number one running back, shoulder injury going to be out. TJ Hawkinson has a hand injury. He's doubtful, probably going to be out. And then comes this list of these guys with illnesses. So they'll probably play because there's just so many listed here that like people are going to have to go out there. But playing at mile high air and now on the road after coming off that win and being sick. Oh, man, it's going to be it's going to be rough for a lot of these guys. Uh, Michael Brockers, uh, questionable with illness. Yep. Charles Harris, their number one edge rusher, questionable with illness. Jonah Jackson, starting guard, questionable illness. Aline McNeil, nose tackle, questionable illness. Matt Nelson, uh, oh, he has an ankle injury. Never mind, excuse, it's not Matt. Uh, Leve Anruzurike, uh, rookie from Washington, uh, just drafted this past year, uh, questionable illness. Uh, John Penasini, nose tackle from uh, Utah, illness. Penny Sewell, illness. Um, hi, oh my gosh, Vitae, I'm not going to pronounce his first name, played for the Eagles for a while, uh, guard for them, illness. Nick Williams, illness. That's, that's an insane, an insane amount of people, and it's not just the... The COVID bug as well for, or excuse me, gosh, the sick little bug, excuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the Lions also placed uh, Ifetu Melifonwu and Marcus Gilbert. Gilbert, uh, two of their reserve back-end guys at the cornerback position on the COVID list for this game. So it is absolutely insane. Um, I guess I, the Lions should be grateful that they're not playing in meaningful football right now for themselves, right? Because like win or loss, it doesn't really matter that much for them for their the long, long term. But like, my goodness. I've, I've never seen anything like this. And it's apparently it's not the sick bug. Apparently a lot of it is uh, influenza. 
yeah, it is the season, I guess. I don't I don't know. It's weird to have a reaction to this other than just shock and awe when you're going through a list and getting winded and it's the injury list. Uh, that really says it all, Nick. I mean, <laughs> that is crazy. It's bizarre to see like the influenza, what the other thing. I mean, injuries, uh, it's insane. So the lineup is going to be probably a little bit messy. Uh, you're going to see names that you probably don't normally see. And it's not just because they're with the Detroit Lions, but because you're seeing a lot of backups as well. Uh, Muhammad, our guy coming in here, Muhammad Badri, $5 super. Appreciate you so much. Hope Malik and your family are ready for a uh, pleasant holiday season. Braun and Smooth Killer in the house. Rest in peace to Marius Thomas. And I know Mo is hurting just like we all are over to Marius Thomas, a huge fan of Broncos country and DT as well. So, Man, that's cool. That's cool to see so much support for DT, man. He, he touched a lot of lives. Yeah, he did. And I, what is your first DT memory? I remember it would have mm. been 2012, maybe 2011. There was a game where Denver won with Tebow when they went up to Minnesota against a very bad Minnesota team. But uh, Demarius Thomas, I think Tebow only had like 10 completions that whole game. But DT went off for four catches, two touchdowns, and like 144 yards. And, uh, I've seen some stories about people at that game where Vikings fans are like, who is that number uh, number 88, that tight end for the Broncos? And they're like, oh, that's not a tight end. That is our 4-3-40 wide receiver first-round pick. It's like, holy cow, that guy is an absolute monster. And uh, that's when DT kind of announced himself. That was He was working off that ACL injury he had and uh, 2012. I mean, yeah, 2011 um, started to really come on. And then, obviously, when Peyton came to Denver, mm. off to the races. Beautiful. What a fun time. Uh, man, reminiscing on good offensive passing offense for the Broncos is fun too. But man, DT, a uh, lot of great memories and not even like childhood memories. I was in college uh, when those were right. really coming up. But man, that's, those are some core growing up memories for me still um, for DT. And uh, nobody can take those away. And he really left. He really left a mark considering how long he was here. Yeah, man, I remember that accent. It's probably the smile and the accent. God. He's a deep Southern boy, man. He's a Southern boy, uh, loves his family. He's a good dude. Didn't always – didn't want the attention. I mean, he was cool with just being – uh, just an average guy to the public, but he was much more than that to everybody else that he ever came across. Uh, favorite memory, man, that's really, really tough. Obviously, the play with the Steelers, that's the bomb from Tim Tebow is ingrained in everybody's head. You know where you were when that happened. Um, but it's a collection of small plays for me, and they're rather mediocre compared to those explosive plays, like some of the blocking uh, that DT would do the bubble screens. I see that in the comment thread here, you know, like that guy, he was the king of the bubble screens. I think somebody had said, and that was our guy Enki here, rest in peace to the bubble screen King. And uh, that was one element of his game where he was essentially kind of a running back. <laughs> right. And that you see that big frame, just a monster frame of like a linebacker playing wide receiver that could just run, uh, coming at you that was scary it was absolutely scary but it was also really cool when number 88 got that captain that c patched onto his jersey because you could yeah. really tell that he developed not only as a football player but as a man and that locker room respected him and uh he was a leader of that wide receiver room and i i wonder i find myself wondering what Cortland sutton you know remembers about dt and, and some of those young pups that he they came into the room Tim Patrick, basically, with DT coming out. So uh, it's it's an odd passing of the torch, if you will. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, it's going to be a weird game. Hopefully the Broncos can still focus. But, uh, man, we're going to have to, like somebody said earlier, win out for DT. I think that's a good thing we're going to see. And you know what's going to really yep. help the Broncos give them a chance to win out here is we have some reinforcements coming. Maybe not in an area where the Broncos need the reinforcements per se, but a strength really getting that much stronger. They and, need all uh, the help they can get, Nick. Don't kid that's yourself. True. <laughs> that's true. But the back seven, especially the secondary, I think has been really good uh, since the Dallas game, Dallas game onwards, including the Dallas game and two more cornerbacks uh, back to the fold for the Broncos. Bryce Callahan, mm -hmm. who started the slot position for the Broncos weeks one through eight, suffered a knee injury versus Washington football team pretty late. Um, but then, I'm going to be back out there this week. Reactivated. Uh, really surprising how fast he came off that injury list, uh, considering it was a knee injury, but he's back. And also the long-awaited 2021 debut of Michael Ojemudia, who had a hamstring in injury in preseason, I believe. Apparently it was somewhat of a bleeder. Uh, what is my understanding? He had a long, hard road to get back to that. Hamstrings can be ish uh, tricky sometimes like that. But Michael Ojemudia officially activated as well uh, to the Broncos starting cornerbacks uh, from last season, honestly. So, so we got those guys back and uh, do we, do the Broncos need that? I guess the question for you is, are they playing? Where, where are their spot? Who's, who mm -hmm. are they taking off the field? 
I think you're going to see him sprinkled in. You're going to see those limited snap counts. I know there's only a handful of games left, and that's frustrating, but uh, they got to be ready to go. And I'm not sure that they are, and it's hard to figure out where you're going to plug them. Gosh forbid, knock on wood, anybody else get hurt. Um, to be honest with you, Nick, I would shake things up a little bit. I know we talked about Kareem Jackson last weekend, but I thought Kareem – didn't play the best game against Kansas City. It was kind of an average game. He he definitely bothered me in the first half and then got a little better towards the end. But Caden Stearns, I would love to see out there. I think it's time for a changing of the guard in general. It's time to do away with these one-year cats that are um, not going to be here next year. you got to figure out who you're going to commit to. That's what George Payton has been doing. And I look at Kareem Jackson. Are you going to come back, sign back with the Broncos? I doubt it. I think Caden Stearns, you're going to see 30 playing with 31 back there in the backfield next year. Uh, and Melvin Gordon, he's coming back this week, right? Uh, I think he's officially listed as questionable, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but you're going to see Melvin come back. I don't think he comes back as the starter, though. So where do you stick Michael Ojemudia? Man, I would just sprinkle him into some nickel, some dime. Uh Wherever. I love the cat. He's our guy, right? We, he was yeah. in the doghouse the last year or two. And then injuries. And, uh, you know, aside from the Iowa thing, which I love to give you hell over, he's I like him a lot. And I would not give up on this young man. I know Broncos country might be a little tired of hearing about Michael Ojemudia because it hasn't exactly translated into who we thought he would be so quickly. But injury aside and doghouse aside, I think you'll be happy with him in the long run. Yeah. And if Michael Ojemudia turns out to be a Kayvon Webster, you know, that fourth cornerback that sometimes gets out. you need depth. You know, we've seen it this year. You're going to have injuries. You have uh, Ronald Darby here next year as well. There's really good chance Ronald Darby gets hurt. I don't know if he's played like one full season his entire career. Hasn't even this year. He missed, you know, three right. games early on. Uh, so you're going to need Ojemudia. He's in the fold uh, long term because you need that body just in case. You know where you play some of these cats initially? Special teams. Michael Ojemudia, go make some tackles, dude. Like, yep. let's do uh, – special teams needs all the help they can get. God I mean, we're joking, you. all kidding aside, but, I mean, come on, guys. Like, you cannot make a mistake on the special mm-hmm. teams unit to the Detroit Lions, and thank you, Minnesota, for beating them. Uh, it, it's Or losing to them, excuse losing. me, because yeah. if the Lions came in on this weekend without a win and – Gosh forbid something went wrong. That would have been really ugly. So it's going to be tough to tough to figure it out. I'm really curious about the crowd attendance tomorrow. Um, you know, obviously the, the fan base is disappointed in the franchise, but we are figuring out that grief unites us. And uh, I think if anything else, you're going to want to see a huge outpouring of support for Demarius. Yeah, and you have to be a little bit careful about the special teams in this game. As you mentioned, uh, Detroit has the ninth best special teams in football, according to Football Outsiders. And uh, former Bronco, Khalif Raymond, has been a pretty good returner for them. So let's get to Andrew Baker here real quick uh, with the Stars. Of course, thank you so much, Andrew, for the constant support on all our shows. Uh, Says, just love for DT and Nick and Luke and Scott. I have, man. Thank you. Cross me off there. I don't want to be in the same vein as DT, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for the love. Uh, let's beat the lions and a win is a win. Hashtag MHH for life. We also got Travis Weber coming in here saying uh, the one handed catch in midair in the back of the end zone was sick and wild card game against Pittsburgh are my two favorite DT memories. Yeah. That, I mean, that slant and go beautiful. I mean, t- yeah. Tim Tebow didn't hit often, but when he did sometimes <laughs> that's why you see some teams run it 500 times. And then that pass once, right? It's like, Oh, you're not, you're not expecting it. When we get you, we get you. Yeah, our guy Peter Middleton coming in too. We're talking about injuries and kind of updating everybody and talking about the ailments rather for the uh, Detroit Lions, but talking about the Broncos a little bit. Malik Reed is going to be out of the game, says Peter Middleton. So does that mean Bradley Chubb needs to get some sacks in? I mean, you saw some Bradley Chubb, a lot of him last week against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, but you really didn't see that impact necessarily. Uh, Is it time for 55 to step up? I mean, it's been time for him to step up. It's not really fair expectation wise, considering he's coming off an injury, but like, buddy, we need you. And that's, that's why he's out there right now. Right. Like they need him. Um, Malik Reed has been a pretty good speed finesse rusher for them. Doesn't really have the best speed to power not very good at containing the edge, but uh, Bradley Chubb fifth overall pick. It's not a fair ask with everything coming off, but like, you gotta you gotta step up, and maybe if that's Jonathan Cooper or Stephen, Stephon Weatherly as well surpassing yep. him, that'd be great. Um, I'm not ready to bury Chubb. Um, you're gonna see him next year anyway, unless they trade him for uh, somebody else. But uh, he needs to step up and play better. 
Yeah, Jonathan Cooper, I would like to see him play a little bit better as well, take a little bit more advantage of his opportunities, but he's learning. He's trying to figure out that learning curve that the uh, NFL introduced rookies to, uh, sometimes better, sometimes not, but Bradley Chubb, I like how you said that. It's been time for Bradley Chubb to show up. I, To be honest, Bradley Chubb is an afterthought for me right now. He really is, because until he becomes that impact player, uh, he's just a jag. He's just another guy, and if that's uh construed as disrespectful i guess i'll take it because i i just don't see any other way to to talk about it but yeah man it's malik reed that he i think had a disappointing performance against the kansas city chiefs i would have been curious to see how he bounced back this week against the detroit lions but uh you're gonna have to get something going especially in the defensive line like you have got to take advantage of this matchup shelby draymond uh the regime i mean it is time to start getting after these guys and the best way to disrupt any offense is right through the middle right through the center uh you talked about the left guard i think having starting issues whether or not he's sick Both both guards Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's awful. You're looking and Penny Sewell, right? And then you're looking at, for me, I mean, Amon Ra St. Brown, a wide receiver out of USC is really the only guy I'm really looking at if TJ Hawkinson's not going to play. And if TJ Hawkinson doesn't play, that's gravy, man. Absolutely gravy. He was one of the things I wrote about my keys to victory, just because I would have hated to see a matchup with TJ Hawkinson go south. Yeah, the Broncos have actually been pretty good against tight ends this season on the whole. Um, they have not given up. I think they're in the top 10 as far as uh, yards and touchdowns given up to the tight end position this season. Uh, so Really? Even they, after even after Andrews just scorched Justin Simmons like that? I mean, we know, we talked about it, and I shouldn't say that. I mean, I think at times his lack of coverage in, in the back of the end zone Definitely helped Kareem and his freelancing. I mean, I get it, but I'm a little surprised to hear that. I I believe you, but um, I think the Broncos have struggled traditionally with tight ends for so many years. Yeah, traditionally they have, but uh, that's not really been the case with Fangio's defense per se. Um, According to Football Outsiders, they're the ninth best team in covering tight ends, or the 10th best team, excuse me, at uh, negative 12%. They have only uh, 5.8%. pass receptions to the tight end a game, which is uh, top 10 in yards per game. Denver is only given up uh, 39.1 yards per game to the tight end position on the whole. So they've been pretty good there this season. And I expect them to get that much better with the depth returning to the secondary and uh, more Baron Browning and Kenny Young going forward Ooh. through this season. So um, mm. tight end, it's too bad. We're not going to see Hawkinson battle of two uh, Iowa tight ends here, but uh, maybe that's a good thing for the Broncos because Hawkinson has been one of the better tight ends in football this season. Uh, Typically, when your tight end is your best uh, receiver, though, that's a bad sign for your weapons. Sorry, Scott. I'm um, talking to Falcons. Uh, <laughs> Peter Middleton coming in here saying we're playing the Detroit B team. No excuses this week. Yeah, coming into this game, I said that my biggest concern for the Lions in this game was that the Lions are really solid on the offensive line. They just really are. They have three first-round investments in mm-hmm. t- uh, Taylor Decker, who's probably one of the most underrated tackles in football. Frank Ragnow, who's, for my money, one of the top two centers in football. And then Penny Sewell, who's been amazing since they kicked him back over to right tackle after Decker's come back. And with those guys, they get a lot of movement at the point of attack, and they can keep Goff pretty healthy um, when they have those guys up there, even though Goff is a statue. Uh, they do, a, I think they do a decent job. But with those guys injured, uh, Goff also was injured or sick earlier this week. And now you yeah. have Swift is out, uh, Jamal Williams, all this stuff. It's just like, well, I think Jamar Jefferson is even on, has illness as well. So yep. I'm not really worried about, this line if the Broncos lose this Lions team it's because they were distracted by everything going on which it's hard to fault them for that but like still you have to play a game and be a professional um or something just goes catastrophically wrong you know what I'm worried yeah what I'm worried about exactly is is the latter there that's what I'm worried about I'm worried about like another um fishermen getting off the boat in Cleveland and just scorching the Broncos on the run. I mean, like they're going to have the third string running back going for Detroit. And who is this team to look over anybody? Uh, I consider Detroit very dangerous because they don't have anything to lose draft picks. I guess if you want to get technical, they have some draft picks that they can lose. So, uh, you know, the NFL winning matters and sometimes winning is getting a draft pick. So don't be surprised either way. But, Peter, I agree. Um, I think Nick does, too. It's it's bizarre, the lineup. It's bizarre, the time of the year. The coaches, Dan Campbell and his press conferences are the best thing ever. I absolutely love them. So those are bizarre as well. But you got to be hoping, hoping for a, a good outcome tomorrow. And speaking of a good outcome, our guy Mike has always given me a good day, a good night, a good evening. Uh, shout out whenever he can. 
He's a huge gentleman and fan and friend of the show. What's up, Mike? Good evening, Nick and Luke on the MHI pod. Go Broncos. Rest in peace, DT. Forever a Denver Bronco in my heart. We agree with you, Michael, and happy holidays to everybody. He is Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. we got Scott on the ones and twos. It's MHI on your Saturday night. We're talking a little bit Lions. We're talking a little DT. Talking Broncos overall. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of got through the injuries a little bit. Uh, we're talking about matchups. Let's talk about Broncos offense. How do you yeah. feel – what do you feel the game plan is going to be for the Broncos against the Detroit Lions? What do you think Pat Shermer is wanting to throw at this team? Uh, the Lions actually is, are another team this season where they've been pr- not terrible against the run. I guess this is a bad football team, but they're not terrible both at rushing the football and stopping the run. However, they are dreadful at stopping running backs in the pass game. Um, They're one of the bottom three teams this year in pass production for the running back position. So if the Lions are saying, listen, we're going to load the box, but you still want to get your running backs involved in this game doesn't have to be run game all the time. It can be the pass game. Uh, we've seen that with Javante Williams recently. Melvin Gordon's proving to be a good receiver as well. Hopefully he's healthy. Uh, it's too bad that Mike Boone's going to be out. He's been placed on the sick bug list, so we won't get to see him uh, mm. with a chance to defend his angry run title that he has right now, the, uh, the angry lo- run scepter. Did you see the um, shirt but, with yeah, Quinn? It was oh, dope. With the snake, too, the python? The- yes. Do you, do you know about Crazy. that? I didn't know he had it. Was, is that Quinn's snake? That's I Quinn's assume? snake. Yep. Jeez, man. That guy's a different breed. <laughs> A lot of those football players from the uh, the Tundra Plains area are yeah, up, <laughs> up north there are a little different breed. Um, we got Brian Van Voorst coming in saying we need to be more aggressive. Yeah, man, Brian, I'm I know this is what nobody wants to hear, but this is a game where I look at it like a college football game where Michigan or Iowa is going up against a, you know, a power, a non power five team. You play your game and take the air out of the ball. And don't make mistakes and you're going to win this game. You don't have to do any razzle dazzle. You don't have to show anything too crazy. You should just win on the strength of how much better you are on paper than them. And if you are having to be aggressive, it means that something went wrong. Obviously it's still a football game where you want to be aggressive, but you can be aggressive in the run game. You can be aggressive with some blitz like dictating, but you don't have to be pulling out, you know, uh, statue of Liberty plays uh, going forward on a fourth and five and, you know, flea flickers kind of thing. You know, that's save those tricks. This is a game where you should just go out and beat them up front, displace them from the line of scrimmage, not do anything crazy, and just physically beat the Lions. Could you imagine the fallout if the Broncos lose this game tomorrow? Um, man, I, I talk about a new rock bottom, how people would be feeling on a reaction Monday. Wow, hmm. I don't even want to think about it, but I'm trying to brace myself for it, Nick, because I've, I've fallen for uh, the Broncos too many times. I've slipped from grace in our pick I'm 6-6, six and six. I'm 500, I think you're 500 too. Um, man, what happened, Broncos? I'm blaming it on you, right? It's not me, it's you. Uh, the Broncos are not just going to show up tomorrow and beat this team, but I think that you're right, not necessarily going for it for me on fourth down every time would be good. Is kick some field goals if you really want to win, score some points. Style points don't count, but field goals do. I wrote about that on my one of my keys to victory. Um, when you're going against the Chiefs, you got to go for it pretty much on almost every fourth down. That's the type of team that uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid has ultimately brought together. But the Detroit Lions, they're not Pat Mahomes. Get points where you can because you have no choice but to beat this team. You are still mathematically uh, involved and in the hunt in the AFC postseason uh, race. And I guess crazier things have happened, right, than the Broncos winning out. But uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that the Broncos would be um, smart and wise to take any points that they could get, even if they're field goals. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, again, I don't think this is a game where you have to do anything crazy. You should just go out there and execute your game. And it should look like the Broncos beating the Jets. It should look like the Broncos beating the Jags. Mm. That's the kind of game that you're talking about here where yeah, it's 26 to zero or w- whatever it is, but right. you're just so much more talented than them, especially with your defense against their offense, that it's, it should be a game where it's just, maybe you can be Quinn Miners boa constrictor, right? Or whatever the Python that he has there slowly, but surely draining the life out of them. And they never Ooh. really had a chance, but every time they wiggle, you know, it's just a little bit closer to them succumbing to uh, death on the football field. Uh, and uh, in that sort of sense with uh, uh, just beating them. I mean, I got- I really, this is one that I'm not too worried about. And if the Broncos lose, like you mentioned earlier, um, then fire them all. You know, there's, there's no excuse for this one. Come prepared. You're the better team. You have to go out there and play like the season on the line. Cause it is. Hmm. 
It's on the line, and it's a weird theme. I'm getting a weird theme over there, talking to a, poking around in the Mile High City, getting a weird yeah. uh, it, before the new tragic news of DT. Uh, you know, rest his soul. Um, it was a weird vibe over there. Not necessarily that everybody's packed it in, but it's not. I don't know if finger pointing's going on. I don't know if people are angry or or I don't know what it is, but it's a weird vibe. But then grief and tragedy somehow finds a way to flip emotions and change things and really put things in perspective. So it's hard to say, but Andrew Baker weighing in again, asking, should we run and play our game or just go ball out and pass to our receivers that we just paid? This coaching staff has nothing left to lose. Interesting question, Andrew. I really like it. What do you think, Nick? Um, I think you can do both. Uh, you you should run the ball and play your game. But I also think that if they're stacking the box, this is a chance for Teddy to have a get right game, right? Like where he was kind of rolling a bit early in the season. He's coming off one of his worst games of the season, no doubt about in that Chiefs game. And uh, he can have another stinker out there and you can still win this game. So if there's some things you want to work through in that sense, then you definitely can. Um, but uh, I still think this is one where it's going to look a lot like, in my opinion, the Jets game this season where it was never really that close. It was obvious that they were... Uh, overwhelmed by the talent and uh, could see the Broncos really just put the pedal to the metal and win this game. And at the end of the game, just run the football and the Lions are looking just to get out of there. Aaron asking a quick question that we covered as we start to update Broncos country a little bit as to your status of your Denver Broncos who are hosting the Detroit Lions tomorrow. Uh, Aaron weighing in is Bryce back this week in reference to Bryce Callahan cornerback who has been on IR. Uh, Bryce Callahan was just activated. He's brought back. I uh, will be really curious, and I cannot wait to look at the numbers to see what his snap count looks like and what that means for Bryce Callahan versus a Kyle Fuller, who I think has performed admirably at the slot position. He hasn't been great, but like considering he's never played that before right. and the injuries that happened, like, hey, we're turning to you here, uh, Kyle, after we paid you that money, you've been a boundary your whole life. It's been easy for him to be a prima donna, and he didn't. He went out there and played. I think he's gotten better every game at that spot as well. So we'll be interesting to see what they do there. Uh, but Bryce is back. Oj Moody is back. And also Micah Kaiser's back. So that means that uh, Justin Stranod's probably pushing his way further and further down the depth chart because, man, uh, Stranod has been rough out there when he's taken the field uh, when I've watched him. Has not been, has not looked like he belongs. Uh, Dave Glassman's coming up saying, Company Xmas party. Well, Dave, have some fun. I love you guys. Let's go ahead and dominate tomorrow for DT88. Absolutely. Let's dominate. Thanks, let's just Dave. win the game. I mean, it'd be great to dominate, but uh, let's just win the game and stay healthy. Yeah, that's that's the biggest one. Get everything in front of us. You know, don't have to show too much. And then if you can win this game, you have a four game stretch where everything is still in front of you. And if you go three and one, you should make the playoffs. Not easy, Uh not easy, but you should. You're worrying me even more, Nick, when you say you're not even worried about the Lions. Oh, man, that really I like seriously, I'm getting all mom spaghetti over here. Hands all sweaty, getting scared, man, just because. I don't know what this team looks like. I mean, we've called it the B team, as one of our friends noted out earlier. Uh, I don't know what the B team looks like. Uh, you know, the underdog story is real in the NFL. Every week, teams get upset right when you think you know what's going to happen. Things get flipped on their head. Um, and by the way, what did you think of Thursday night football, Nick? I didn't get to ask you about that, but I mean, what a crazy matchup, right? Yeah. Yeah, NFL, man, it's the king. What a good, That was one of the best Thursday night games we've seen this year. And uh, talk about death by inches, man. Uh, Ooh, cool play pool. What a, what a, man, grow up, right? Did you Just see what like, Clark said about have... him? I really liked uh, it. Ryan Clark no, was like, saying? Ryan Clark was basically describing him as like, dude, you're so overly developed athletically, but so immature. Uh, like he, he, you need to catch up a little bit and grow yeah. up. And it's just to your point. I mean, that was one of the best games we've seen all season. And if you tuned out at halftime, I mean, it's just kind of like, what's going on here? What's going to happen tomorrow? What if you see some fireworks from a bizarre 500 Broncos team and Alliance team that has a win and a tie? I mean, it would be weird. But if the Broncos get that dub, all is right in the Mile High City. Yeah, absolutely. Travis coming in here saying, uh, should Demarius Thomas's number be retired? Hmm. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, he was really good for the Broncos, but he didn't have a super sustained career in Denver. Uh, injuries took their toll on him pretty early. Um, but for what he did on and off the field, there at least should be a, like a massive scholarship fund or something in his honor. And also, I mean, you have so many players on the field and you can only retire so much. Otherwise, we're going to start seeing like triple digits out there pretty soon, right? Like you can't retire yeah. every player's number. So it's definitely in consideration. I'm not saying yay or nay, but uh I don't know if he had a 
long enough dominant career in Denver for that to be the case, which is tough to say. Um, again, I'm not saying yay or nay, but I don't think it's a, a home run. Good, good question, Travis. I really appreciate yeah. it, buddy. Um, that's tough for me. It really is. My first question to that would be, and I hate to always answer a question with a question, but Rod Smith's jersey is not retired. Is that right? 80's still. Yeah, 80's okay. still. I mean, Terrell Davis is still out there. Yeah. Uh, Aiden Sharps is still available. Yeah, and those guys, those guys you know, no disrespect. I, I mean, no disrespect, but those cats have multiple rings. So you got to kind of start, like, getting that pen and paper out and writing pro here, con there. Uh, and I hate doing it because I love those guys and I would hate to exclude anybody. But no, I don't think you can retire 88 um, in my weird like child brain. I was thinking today, like, is anybody wearing 88 right now? And I don't think anybody is. But then I'm think, thinking uh, like Sean Byer. Oh, is he? OK, because I was like, how cool would it be if like Cortland Sutton changed his jersey for a game or, you know, something like that. But, you know, that's just an immature kind of goofy fantasy I had. But you're going to see the 88 decals tomorrow, guys. Uh, you're also going to see 88 on the field, I believe, in terms of like painted numbers. Um, and you're going to get at least a moment of silence. And I imagine a miraculous tribute video is going to be played or at least some words spoken as well in reference to DT. Yeah, and hats off to the uh, Avalanche last night as well, having a tribute on the uh, center ice there on their screen for uh, Demarius Thomas as well. Did they? Um, wow. Yeah, they did. So obviously Broncos are the <laughs> have been the main ticket in Denver. So a lot of Avalanche fans are, of course, Denver fans as well. Um, but uh, that's a tight-knit community that shows that these uh, sports franchises in Denver uh, do care about each other and kind of understand uh, what's going on for just their fan base and everything that's going on there. Wow, that's crazy. Travis, that's a really good question. I really like it. Um, it's going to be cool to see so many 88s out there as well as Danny Trujillo comes in with some support. We really, really appreciate it, Danny. It's cool to see so many fans, man, talking about uh, what DT meant to them. And if you start to think about it, DT really ushered in that new era of wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Um, you, you think about the Eddie Max, the Rod Smiths, uh, you think about the three amigos way back in the day going back. And, and then you start talking about the modern present wide receiver and the modern NFL wide receiver. And you're seeing that with Demarius Thomas molds uh, Megatron, right? His, his, one of his buddies and former Georgia tech guy went into the hall of fame. And uh, you look at Des Bryant and Demarius Thomas, I always come, compared the two and you wanted to know which one was going to have the better career. And you can unquestionably say that Demarius Thomas did. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, uh, retire his number or not, you know, I'm not making those decisions, but uh, it wouldn't bother me. If he, they it did. wouldn't bother me. Yeah, right. for sure. I mean, they didn't retire Darren Williams 27, but I guess DT had a uh, much more prosperous career in Denver where Darren was uh, really, unfortunately taken out in the prime of his, uh, his life, but so was DT. So yeah. God, it's a, uh, it Probably. sucks. Um, it's yeah, it's really unfair. Um, and you guys can find those details out about that as well if you want. But it's it's too bad. So again, big takeaway. You know, give people their flowers while they're here. And uh, if you have something to say to people you love, friends, family, say it today. Don't don't put it off for tomorrow. Um, Peter Middleton coming in saying three off of IR for the Broncos. Uh, that's Bryce Callahan, Michael Ojemudia, and Micah Kaiser. Uh, what are your expectations for them in this game and going forward? Um, is there a possibility that Ojemudia and Kaiser won't even be active in this game? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, there's a possibility there, but there's also a possibility that, you know, God forbid you get another player go down. That's yeah. been the Broncos luck this year. Um, what do I project from Bryce Callahan? Mixed in sprinkling in the in the defensive package, I guess. Same with Ojemudia. I, I referenced it earlier. I'd like to see him involved on special teams at this point. I would think anyone under the sun is involved with special teams. Fangio said he was going to go, go ahead and take uh, special attention towards the special teams unit with head coach Tom McMahon, who is seemingly going down with the ship. But uh, that's hard to say. Malik Reed, that's going to be interesting. You don't have a whole host of pass rushers other than Weatherly, Cooper. Uh, I'm curious to see if maybe they blitz a little bit because you know Baron Browning can do it. His sideline to sideline speed has been tremendous but they may have to use different players in a pass rushing role. Yeah, no. And also uh want to give a shout out to George Payton for the, uh, the Lions coming to town. Do want to give a shout out to George Payton for the uh, Trinity Benson trade. Um, looking at the Lions uh, who's been playing this week. I know a lot of people are pretty upset about uh, Trinity Benson being traded and uh, right Lions here. Have... <laughs> well, I, wrote, calling... I was there at training camp. I was writing articles. I was, I was pissing and bitching and moaning all, all about it, man. I was so upset. So go, please continue. Yeah. Trinity Benson, 
I mean, I'm not cheering against the guy or anything, but uh, the Broncos get what a fifth and seventh round pick for a guy who's not even playing ahead of the likes of Kaderil Hodge, who uh, the, Tom Kennedy at wide receiver last week, who, uh, and the, then they have Cleef Raymond. Cleef Raymond is starting getting the 35 reps for the, uh, 35 reps for the Lions last week. And they obviously have him on Raw St. Brown. And uh, yeah. Josh Reynolds, who I really liked a lot coming out of Texas A&M, was pretty good there for the uh, the Rams there for a few seasons. But, uh, man, uh, hats off. George Payton uh, trading a guy who, uh, Trinity Benson, who's got speed and hopefully still makes something of himself <laughs> in his career. But to get those two picks for that guy when he's not even seeing the field for the Lions is, uh, is robbery. And uh, that one looks really good. We want to make sure. Yeah, let's give our flowers to George Payton for that one. Oh man, that's funny. I will say this: when Deontay Spencer drops a punt tomorrow, and y'all lose, and we lose to the Lions, um, you're gonna wish you had Trinity Benson. Uh, yeah, that you know, I talked about it last week. When training camp is going on, you look at the stars of training camp. Trinity Benson was a star of training camp. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna have a prosperous NFL career. Uh, look no further than Jordan Taylor. Right, who's been training camp darling for Peyton Manning and just couldn't really figure it out. River Craycraft, also one of those cats. I don't even know if he's bouncing around in the league anymore. Uh, last I remembered, he was with the Niners trying to get a shot out there, and I doubt if he's on the active roster. But it's going to be interesting to see. Um, it feels like every week now, Nick, you're seeing more and more roster moves for the Broncos, so they're getting a little bit healthier, which is nice to see. Yeah, getting healthier. Hopefully, that will uh. That will continue um, down the stretch here. And again, Broncos should beat the Lions, but you never know. And let's just hope for no injuries. Um, any thoughts on this game? Any key areas that you want to see this team execute and pick on with the Lions coming in? Obviously, I talked about getting the running backs involved in the pass game because uh, yeah. these Lions linebackers do not impress me one bit. Jalen Reeves Maven is going to be out. Alex Anzalone is more of a box downhill kind of guy. So if you get him going laterally or backwards, he really struggles. And I don't think they have much of a uh, pass rush that concerns me as either. So uh, what would you like to pick on with the Lions? I think the Denver Broncos uh, for George Payton needs to evaluate and see what they have with tight ends. You need to truly figure out what you have moving forward because you've got Eric Saubert, who I believe is a great special teams player, a good team guy. And when Eric Saubert and Andrew Beck are in the game, you can run the ball and teams aren't going to stop you. Albert O, uh, he's been a decent blocker, but Nick, I want to talk about Noah Fant and his blocking. Mm -hmm in that Kansas city chiefs game. I was blown away. Uh, the guy looked nasty in the blocking game. He was tough. He was smart. He didn't quit. He had the energy, everything that we've wanted out of Noah Fant in the passing game, he brought in his run blocking. So I was really impressed there because, uh, I'm quick to get after a guy when he doesn't want to block. I think it's lazy and it's awful and there's no excuse for it, but Noah Fant's not here to block. Uh, so use him accordingly, Pat Shermer, who has forgotten he's a tight ends coach, at least started that way in the NFL. I would love to see what you have with Alberto, with Noah Fant. Can these two feed off of each other? Because right now it seems like a one or another kind of thing. I absolutely hate it. Mr. Checkdown, check down Teddy, right? Everybody check down Teddy. Well, check it down then. And let's see some growth out of these tight ends. Let's see them move the ball, stretch the field vertically. I would love to see that. You know what you have in your wide receivers. You know what you have at least in one running back. And it's a damn shame that Mike Boone isn't going to be able to go. Uh, but you're going to have Melvin Gordon back this week. So there you go. One and two, Javante and Gordon just switching that order a little bit but I would love the tight ends. It's a mystery position for me on offense right now because uh, you're not quite sure what's going to happen moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, anything on the, the Lions offense that you think is worth attacking? Obviously, they're going to be way down on their running back. Is there anything coverage-wise or personnel-wise that you think the Broncos should really pick on with this Lions offense led by Jared Goff? I'd like to see pressure Goff with uh, more than four rushers. Uh, I really would. I think that Goff has the ability to panic. He's a smart quarterback, and he will recognize if you throw like a cornerback blitz or a DB blitz out there. Uh, but I'd like to see some linebackers get in the mix a little bit, mess around with Baron Browning, mess around with Kenny Young. Uh, it's For me, you need to change it up a little, Vic. Otherwise, Detroit's going to start figuring it out. But where you have another advantage with Detroit and going against the offense is that Dan Campbell is calling the offense. Uh, folks, Dan Campbell has only been calling the offense for the last few weeks. He previously relieved um, Anthony Lynn as the uh, play caller, if you will, even though it wasn't a demotion uh, if you talk to Detroit. 
but he's calling the plays. He's never been an offensive coordinator. He's still trying to figure things out too. Maybe there's something to be said for that. And you need to take advantage of that. If you're Vic Fangio, this defensive genius rush the passer. Yeah. Rush the passer. I'm trying to pull up the data right now. The Broncos, where do you think they are as far as a, uh, a pass rush team, this season, a blitzing team? Would you think they blitz a, a lot or less than most teams in the NFL? I would say probably uh, just under, under average. I, I think right around average or under. Uh, they are right at right above average. Uh, oh, okay. I think they're right about uh, looks like they're 14th in the NFL. However, they're one of the most effective teams at blitzing in the NFL. Only three teams have higher EPA blitz so far this season than the Broncos and the Patriots, the Chiefs, and the Panthers. So uh, maybe it's something that you want to see them use more, or maybe it's something where Vic Fangio has done a pretty good job of uh, look using it at the right time. I do feel like it dropped yeah. a bit uh, once Alexander Johnson came off the field because obviously Alexander Johnson is really big and good coming downhill, and maybe that's not the best use of Kenny Young or Baron Browning. But uh, using the blitz, I would like to see that. Heck, maybe that's what you use uh, Kyle Fuller this week, uh, coming off the edge there. Um, he's actually been a pretty darn good blitzer from that nickel spot. Yeah, that's interesting, and that is your position of strength. And um, mm. I think we're surprised. We're pleasantly surprised with the inside linebacking of Kenny Young and Baron Browning, especially from a rookie. But Kenny Young, I mean, he's – I would be surprised if they let him go. I'm wondering if they're still working on something with him behind the scenes because I think he's a serviceable linebacker. I really do. Uh, I don't think he's anything to rag home about, but – you need to start locking these cats up, some of these workhorses. And uh, if you're a Josie Jewell or an Alexander Johnson, I think that maybe you're wondering, what, what is the future of my starting role? Am, or Do I have to compete? Is there going to be a linebacker position competition next year in, in training camp? That's hard to say. So, uh, And these guys know that. They're playing for playing time. They're playing for jobs. Just because Baron Browning is in there right now doesn't mean he is the long-term long starter in Vic Fangio's mind if he remains the head coach moving forward. So there's so much to prove in this game still for the defense turnovers. you got to get them. Jared Goff will cough the ball up. Uh, Justin Simmons, that's where you need to be there. You're getting a third, fourth string running back in the mix. Look for those fumbles. Peanut Tillman punch that ball out, as you like to reference, on a mm -hmm. weekly basis because you see it from the really good teams, Nick. I mean, you see some of these, these guys that are just trained, right, for punching that ball out, and it's just it's a beautiful thing to see. So if you're Vic Fangio's defense, get the ball it's that simple yeah no i totally agree with you there um the other thing i maybe would like to see in this game for the broncos you have a lot of depth at your secondary in your secondary right now and you have a lot of uh issues on the pass rush spot maybe be a little bit more aggressive with your coverage uh jared goff has one of the lowest uh, depth of target average depth of target of all his throws this season and i know that vic fangio a lot of time likes to play a bendo break but you can rotate cornerbacks now with the depth that you have there. And if your guys aren't getting home with pressure, maybe that means you can be a little bit more uh, aggressive with your coverage. And Jared Goff this year has a, a negative EPA per play against cover two man. So, uh, and he's also got a negative uh, EPA against cover one man. So uh, maybe mm. use that man coverage. Maybe that's partially not just Jared Goff, but the lack of weapons the Lions have on the boundary as well. But this might be a game where you, know, you try some things down the stretch here with some man covering things up and put some other tendencies out there. And really, you talk about being aggressive. It doesn't have to be offensively aggressive. It can be defensively aggressive as well. And that might be more man coverage, especially now that you got so many horses there at the cornerback spot. Yeah, and don't get outcoached by a rookie head coach, Vic. Oh, you know I mean, like, how horrible <laughs> would that be if you saw more organization and strategy from Mr. Biting Kneecaps Dan Campbell? former tight end of the Saints than you did than you do with Vic Fangio, a third-year head coach. Uh, I completely agree with that coverage thing. And talking, listening to you talk about the coverage, the coverage and the pass rush are simultaneous, right? So those two have got to be in harm harmony for the Broncos to have some success. And when we start talking about third, fourth-string running backs for Detroit who are going to be playing, man, pass protection is going to be rough for Jared Goff as well. Um, you, do you have a guy that's really just ready to stick his neck in that A gap, that B gap, and pick up that blitzer? Uh, you better, because if you don't, man, it's going to be a long day for Jared Goff. And I just want to know if his girlfriend's going to make the trip to Denver because she made the rounds last week, Nick. What do you mean? <laughs> huh? 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 Uh. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, again, trying to have a little bit of lighthearted moments here on MHI as we start to wrap up the show. But the Lions are in town. They are going to be playing the Broncos tomorrow afternoon. It's going to be a Fox call. I think you even get to listen to Mark Sanchez, ladies and gentlemen, former Denver Bronco quarterback, I might add. All right. Well, uh, that's, he's always Yay. been a pretty intelligent guy. So, uh, 
I haven't. I don't know if I've caught any games with him this season. I'll I be honest with you. A lot of times, I uh, I mute those. So do <laughs> mute I. The answers. I'll mute him and go. Uh, I played for Dave Logan, so I'll mute him and and sometimes throw on the radio if I can or what what have you. But oh man, it's time to get some to some predictions. I'm getting stressed, Nick. I'm getting stressed. I know the Lions are crappy, but you know, darn it, the Broncos have let me down so many times. How do I see this game going? It's going to be emotional, first and foremost, for our Broncos country, for some of the players that were friends with DT. Uh, I don't know if he's going to have any family in the house or anything like that. I wonder, you know, I'm sure Peyton's going to be there, maybe some other former Broncos. It'll be curious to see what it's like, but I got the Broncos winning this. It's going to be close, though. I got 23-20. I think it's going to be one of those overwhelming Brandon McManus let's rush the field kind of wins. I don't care if it's against Detroit. Uh, a win is a win in the NFL, and this team needs it, especially this weekend with the loss of uh, a good man and a good, great player. And uh, how great would that be if the Broncos could at least give Demarius's family a win? Yeah, no, I'm I would, I'm with you. I think the Broncos are not only going to win, I think they're going to cover, but it's not going to be an offensive explosion uh, that's going to be the covering. It's going to be the Broncos defense. This Broncos defense, outside of that Eagles game, has been really pretty good these last few weeks. Now they're going to have to be a little bit better in the first quarter. All the games the Broncos have lost recently, it's been ones where the Broncos defense has let the opposing team march down the field and get points in the first quarter. I'm not really worried about the Lions doing that. I'm also not worried that if that happens in this game, the Broncos don't have the ability to come back. So uh, this is one I think the Broncos are going to win this one 23 to six. It's going to be a pretty boring second half in some sense where the Broncos are just, you know, like, let's just keep giving it the rock to Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. We're not going to do anything too fancy. We're just going to beat you up front over and over again and say, hey, we're winning this game. We're going to make you march down the field constantly. We're not going to give you an easy field by doing a turnover. And uh, we think our defense can win this game because we don't think that Jared Goff is good enough to win and put it on his back. So uh, Broncos win 23 to six is my opinion. Oh, they've got to do it. We Broncos have got to deliver a uh, win to this heartbroken fan base right now as we remember a great man. Um, it's going to be crazy to see what it's like tomorrow. Emotions are going to be running high, and sometimes those get the better of folks. Sometimes it translates to great things. Sometimes it's just average, and that's life. We, we all react to things different ways, and there are going to be circumstances that happen in the football game tomorrow that are unrelated to the events that have happened this week for better or worse uh this game of parody we talked about it we talked about the upsets we talked about the crazy things i just want to see a good football game tomorrow i really do i want to see a relatively clean game limit those flags we we don't really talk about that a lot because that's go should go without saying but vic fangio don't waste any more challenges either for the love of god uh, as we start to wrap up the show here let's talk to our guy our guy Lawrence Rivera went in. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers send uh, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick for Aaron Rodgers and pick up Devontae Adams. A Super Bowl run. What do you guys think? Lawrence, I, I love it. I love the creativity, but I think you've got your receivers, at least for right now, and Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, and that signing was done uh, with Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson in mind. What say you, Nick? Yeah, I mean – you want to keep those guys and uh, trading them, uh, sending those guys doesn't make any sense cap wise because they're going to have massive dead cap hits um, this cop- upcoming season. So maybe a few years down the line, they'd be tradable, but they're not right now. You know, you don't s- sign guys to trade them. If Essentially, when you sign a guy, it's pretty hard to trade them uh, right after that because just the dead cap, the way the signing bonus works, a lot of that is going to be on that first season. And the closer you get to the end of the deal, the lower those dead cap hits tend to get. So it doesn't make much sense for the Broncos to trade uh, Sutton and a Patrick. If they're going to trade any of the wide receivers, it'd probably be uh, Judy in that sense, but they're not going to do that either. I, oh, don't say that. Don't say I, that. You'll, I'm you'll just saying on, like, you'll get on state sponsored radio and everyone will get all upset. No, I'm just saying man, little tongue in cheek for you. I'm just, I'm just saying, remember that tweet. I'm just saying, just yeah. saying, remember, I'm not having me a Mark Schlereth moment or anything like that, but those are the things that you're going to see. Nick's right. I mean, you're going to look to maximize off of relatively cheap capital and lots of talent. Uh, that's where you're looking at Jerry Judy. You're looking at uh, not really Noah Fant, I don't think, because he's coming up on a contract coming up here real soon. So if you're going to move him, <laughs> you better move him real soon uh, because you've got to figure out what you're going to do with guys like Dalton Reisner. You're going to start to figure out what you got, what you got to do. Uh, making contracts and, and money's 
truly available, which the Broncos have uh, to commit outside of the wide receiver room where they have 53 mil locked up, at least for now. So Devontae Adams, absolutely love the talent, but uh, I wouldn't really trade or mess around musical wide receivers too much. I love it. I love where your head's at, Lawrence. Crazier things have happened in the NFL, but uh, that one that one would be pretty, pretty far up there. Yeah, pretty wild to typically see guys. And also, they're since they're older and whatnot, they'd be the Packers starting to rebuild. Maybe they'd want somebody with more years of control and probably younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody on a rookie contract. Those are the guys that are going to be valuable to them uh, if any trade is to happen. And they probably want picks more than anything. They probably want picks. So we'll see. But guys, that's going to have to do it for us today, obviously. Uh, keep in mind, tomorrow, Demar- it's a Demarius Thomas day. Um, rest in peace, Demarius Thomas. It's been a big bummer of a week seeing what happened i was writing an article and then going through twitter and be like oh this this is bs right this is a lie this kind of happens every once in a while and then more and more uh, info came out on demarius thomas so a tragedy but uh we got it we can remember what he did for not only this team but the community and uh, hold dt in the highest regard highest regard so uh guys make sure you're following luke and i on twitter uh luke is at luke patterson lp uh, good job by your internet for mostly clearing up a little bit in and out there with the, the picture quality but i can see those uh those individual fibers of hair on your on your beard the, when it, every once in a while so we're good there also follow me on twitter at nick kendall mhh make sure you're following our podcast account on twitter at mhi underscore pod as well as at mile high huddle if you're joining us on facebook today and you're not already part of our community make sure you join us and like us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and same goes to youtube folks if you have a facebook or you have a youtube account at all i know that it's the end of the season money can be a little bit of tight you know traveling home plane tickets are expensive hiring uh or sending your dog to a border woof that was pretty expensive on this end but you know it's completely free that can really support us subscribing liking and sharing to this channel on YouTube. And it's not just this show. It's Dub, Dub, Dub Valley Deep Divers, Broncos for Breakfast, uh, the Huddle Up Show, of course, uh, Building the Broncos, et cetera, et cetera. Mile High Insiders, of course. Um, all those shows, you guys subscribe, like, and share to Mile High Huddle. All those shows every single day a week will be coming at you live. And you guys can join the community and uh, be great like you guys are in t- uh, tonight's comment section. Yeah, and stay tuned, guys. The Huddle Up Boys will be back tomorrow as soon as the game is over. Be sure to check in with them. They're usually going live or getting ready to right at the two-minute warning or so. So be sure to head on over to this stream where you will find that on your YouTube channel. Nick will be back with you guys in the morning uh, with Scott for Broncos for Breakfast. And then away we go. Yours truly will be writing an article that will be published as soon as the game is over tomorrow as well. You can find that on milehighhuddle.com. You can find Nick at Nick Kendall MHH. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. And uh, yeah, let's go. It's time for football. It's time for emotional football. It's an emotional sport. Uh, we're an emotional fan base. So let's get things going. This will kick off or rather conclude the show uh, with the same amount of class that I think you and I would both love to end it with. Lawrence Rivera coming out there saying, uh, I just think, I just think D. Oh, let's see here. I just think D. Devontae Adams <laughs> would want to yeah. stay with Rodgers, but sh- but uh, good show. Let's end it here with a rest in peace to Marius Thomas. Thank you for the memories. You will never be forgotten. And go Broncos. Go Broncos, guys. Everyone stay safe. Happy holidays. Choose kindness like DT always did. And uh, love y'all. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.